calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Bearded Devil being banished back to the Seven Hells, it looks like Orion's Point has liberated Findlebelt's fine fudges from an infernal influence. The Findlebelt gnomes have had their livelihood saved. Man, some teams get all the luck. Oh yeah, let's say the Fudge Factory. Not a haunted stronghold or a den of werewolves. Nope, a big gnomish chocolate warehouse. Oh no, we're fighting on a maintenance walkway over a giant bubble and fat of hazelnut cocoa. Ah shucks, I slipped and fell in, what a shame, and they never heard from Storm again. Welcome back, hero and heroin addicts, to more of the show that brings adventure to your front door. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me is the two tons of fun retired League legend, Stormclad Thunderton. Two tons. Calling our shots a little higher, aren't we, Kip? Only in pursuit of alliteration, Storm, my friend. Well, fine. But for the record, I've been on a diet for the past few weeks, and I'm down to a trim 320. Had to take an entire dagger off my belt just to tighten it up a few notches. Oh, that's great, pal. Well, what's the occasion? I'm saving myself up for a good cheat week. Storm's gonna go hog wild, and the healthier I am now, the more likely I am to survive when the party starts. That sounds like... quite the party. Back when Tabletop Game went out of business, I bought some meat lockers on the cheap. I'm defrosting a few boars and a handful of elks for a big outdoor barbecue. Magical bonfires, each with a spit roast. A keg tower protected by a wine moat. A Mrs. Feedman's cookie trough and a live free aisle fiddle band called Guts and Garters. It's not your birthday. Nope. It's for when I win the big Hall of Legends vote. I have some pretty reliable sources that say I'm way ahead in the numbers. I don't want to count my chickens before they've hatched, but I do want to eat a giant omelet. Well, I hope it's a shindig to remember, pal. And speaking of big events, the Mortal Dawn are face to face with a daunting chamber deep within the depths of the Rivestone Mines. A decaying dwarven deity, perhaps? A churning channel of celestial essence? Find out what's about to go down right now! Deep in the mines of the Rivestone Quarry, the Mortal Dawn have discovered a long-forgotten underground chamber, where a giant dwarven body rests mummified upon a throne of stone. Its ancient armor is rusted with age, and the long white beard drapes over its lap. A huge glowing infant cries softly near a pool of bizarre liquid seeping from the throned figure. The surface of the water explodes outward as a beast emerges. Its body takes up almost the entirety of the pool of liquid. The strange black fluid seems to cling to its body and course through its transparent veins. A huge axolotl lets out a wet roar as it shakes the walls. Its razor-sharp teeth and huge claws tear through the stone around it, 
and it seems to be enraged by the presence of a potential food source. It looks from the glowing infant to the party and lurches outward to attack. Roll for initiative, please. Hmm. Less cute. Let's do better than a one. Wow. <laughs> I have that many. So what is everyone's initiative? Artem's looking at a whopping 10. Chris is looking at a 24. Arthax has 13 this time. Arvid has 15. So the giant axolotl looks ready to feast, and it seems to have chosen the mortal dawn out of the two food sources. The first to respond, though, is Chris Agrand. Everyone do whatever you can. Get the child. Um, and with after that, he, Chris is going to release a hypnotic pattern. Let's see if we can uh, lull this guy. All right. So that's a saving throw? Yes, that is a, uh, it's a uh, wisdom saving throw. So my total is a seven, but the divine infused axolotl is going to use one legendary resistance for the day to automatically make it saving throw. You guys are now getting to the level where you'll be facing creatures with these kinds of abilities. Which is Luck. exactly why I saved some of my oh, fucking just, spell slots. All right. It's just an automatic. All right. All right. All right. But I think that it's what's... Uh, <laughs> Beautifully said. Yes. Like poetry. Well, it's a 30-foot cube that lasts for a while. And I think he has to continually roll against it. Mm, okay. But you fill the air with your colorful array of illusory magic. And this creature, unblinking, seems to pulse with this dark energy and just ignores the effect. Would you like to move or stay where you are? Oh, yeah. Let's get into one of these uh, corners. I want him to have to move a long ways to try to hit me. Next in the initiative is Arvid. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. This one is way... Uh, bigger. Uh, Arvid's going to make a run towards the baby and say, uh, Morty with me. And your action is held. All right. Next up is Harathax. Harathax is going to run over to Crist. And I'm going to say, Crist, can you teleport us over by the throne? Yes. Wait. Teleport us or go invisible? Teleport. All right. Unless your invisibility moves us across the room. All right, all right. I'll cast Guidance on myself. Okay. You have been guided. All right. Next up is Artyom Volkov. All right. Um, since everybody seems to be moving right towards the baby, I'm going to try and uh, draw a line between myself and them. And I'm going to move left. And as I do, I'm kind of running and hammering my shield like... I'm not taking any chances on this one. And I raise my shield up, which creates kind of a sunlight beam that comes down in dawn right on top of this guy. Okay. Basically just the radius of like the pool. So what this does is create a 60 foot diameter circle. And I'm just going to be covering basically the entire lake and then off some towards me. Uh, and that's going to be a 4d10 radiant damage on a failed save. And that's a constitution save. And he takes that every round that he's in it. Okay. I will say constitution is definitely his best saving throw, which is good for him, but I am not worried about it. He, he still, still takes, takes <laughs> Okay. That is a total of 20. So yeah, it definitely passes. <laughs> that's 29 damage. Okay. So have to 15. Mm-hmm. All right. His pale, damp skin begins to sizzle under the heat of this manifested sunlight, and he starts to shriek. That brings us to the axolotl. It slams its massive weight against the western side of the pool and lowers its head close to Arvid, 
You may take your attack of opportunity because it's about to attack. Uh, Arvid goes into a rage and it's a 14. That does not hit the creature. Your axe simply gets turned away from its iron hard hide. And as it lowers its head near you, you fear at first that it's going to just bite into you with these massive teeth. But instead, you hear some kind of gurgling from inside its body. And it issues out a horrible torrent of black liquid. I need Arvid, Harithax, and Chris to make me constitution saving throws as it unleashes a cone of necrotic energy. It's a 19 from Arvid. Nice. 11. All right. So, Arvid, you make the save. The rest of you are going to take full damage. Yep. That sounds about right. Uh, 42 necrotic damage or 21 if you made the save, which is Arvid. And as it washes over you, you feel this sense of divinity for just a moment, which immediately gets replaced with this twisted corruption. You feel like your soul is starting to get ripped out of your body and you're struggling to keep your soul inside of you. So the breath weapon takes all of the actions of the axolotl. So for this turn, that is its entire onslaught. That brings us back to Chris the Grand. Uh, how did that explain? What's your plan? We must finish the sacrament of life. You know how to do that? Nope, but I bet the corpse does. All right. Arthax, follow my lead. Uh, and he does an inspirational dance towards this corrupted lake. And when he gets there, he holds out his hand and he is ready to go. He's, I'm readying a thunderstep and I also am inspiring myself. Very good. Next up is Arvid. Okay, uh, Arvid's been waiting for a chance to drink this potion, and this seems like a good one. So, um, <laughs> potion of growth. Uh, Ooh. Oh, boy. You just take a big swig, and then suddenly you realize you've kind of moved past your ex, and you're ready to kind of date again. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so good. He actually, he's pouring it in the baby's mouth and turning it into a giant toddler. Oh. <laughs> An even gianter baby. No. Arvid grows two times his original size, eight times his weight. And we get an uh, advantage on strength checks and saves. Also, the weapon is enlarged and it does an extra d4 of damage. Heads up, buddy. Uh, and Arvid will use his bonus action to headbutt the axolotl. And it's a total of like 10. Yeah, unfortunately that does miss. But it does collide heads with you. And it seems slightly dizzied by that, but you didn't deal any damage. Damn shame. All right, that brings us to Harithax. You are now cast in the shadow of big, big Arvid. Yeah, and as as Chris like runs off, Harithax is like left there for a second, like I, I literally out of the, and then just chases after Chris, like stomping across the uh, the yard to <laughs> to reach Chris, and then I will uh, as as Chris's spell starts to go off, and then you kind of hear this thunder start rumbling. Our hands clap together, and that causes a thunderclap as we disappear. Ooh. Uh, so uh, mine is a fourth-level thunderstep, so that is 4d10. Constitution save? Um, yes. I got a 17. Oh, lame. It takes three damage. <laughs> what? That, are you serious? Oh. <laughs> and the two of you do appear with an explosion behind the throne. And Harithax, you still have your bonus in action. Uh, yeah, the the instant that we're here, I reach out and I grab the corpse and I cast Speak with Dead on it. Okay. My first question I'll ask as it as it inhales, I'll be like, 
How do we perform the sacrament of life? Fire met with essence hair to be consumed by my true heir. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. Beautiful. Um, I'm not going to waste any time here. The pattern of the sunlight on the ground turns into the chakra, which rises above him and then comes down like an axe on his stupid, ugly head. Okay. That is a 19 plus eight. That hits. Beautiful. That is an eight and a six plus my spellcasting ability modifier, which is a four. So that is 18. All right. It takes the 18 damage. That's your bonus action. Beautiful. So I'm going to follow that up with a channel of divinity. That's going to be a constitution save. All right. Again, he's probably going to be fine. 16. Ah, just met. What a dick. (laughs) 22. That's mighty easy to have. Excellent. So for his con save that he failed to make on the last turn, uh, he gets a total of 22. That brings it to the Axolotl's turn, which means he's once again going to make a save versus the Dawn spell. That's an 18. Man, this thing's got a major con. Yeah. But hey, it's free damage. Yep. Go ahead and roll for me. Okay. That is a 19 plus another nine. So that's 28. All right. He takes 14 more radiant damage on his turn. This thing's just got fucking burning hot sunlight beaming down all over its entire jazz. Yeah. It's slimy skin is beginning to peel in places and curl back oozing out black liquid. It really needs the zinc oxide that kobold, the Bahama kobolds had on their noses earlier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's going to make some attacks now. Um, the first of which is going to be a bite attack against Arvid, who is now a large lad. You got this. I got a total of 20 to hit. You take 17 piercing damage. That's halved for you. And 15 necrotic damage. And as it sinks its teeth in you and you feel the necrotic energy seep into you, you feel a suction as it draws the life force out of you and into itself. It's also going to make a claw attack against Morty just slamming this almost flipper with blades on the end of it down. It super hits Morty. So he just drops a dolphin on him. Like, wow, for sure, big time. Morty takes a heavy blow, and then it's going to attack behind it with its incredibly long tail. Harithax is the only one it can reach, but it kind of whips out and snaps at you. All right, bring it on. Uh, 21. Yeah, go ahead, just deal me the damage. Okay, 22 damage. Okay, yeah, I'm still up. He rolled a 22 and got 22 damage. I did. I rolled fucking good-ass damage, let me tell you. I love it. Doesn't get much better on 2d8 than that. That ends the turn of the axolotl, as it's now just thrashing, biting, and slamming into everything near it, waiting to feed, and it seems like it's trying to pull Arvid into its mouth. All right, Chris, it's your turn. Arthax, hold on. Keep keep getting all the information you can. You got this. And with that, uh, Arthax is now inspired. All right. Oh, uh, what can we do? We we have to get rid of whatever is infusing this beast. Tell me, is it going to work? How hard? So he's talking to the the gem in his hand, trying to get that sense of what can I do? Can I get rid of this magic? So much magic. Too much, perhaps. But I hunger. So do I. With that, Chris unleashes a fifth level to spell magic. All right. I still need you to roll me an ability check. <laughs> that doesn't look like that was good. Everybody's making faces. That was a three on the die, a two on my inspiration, and a four. 
You still got your LUQ inspiration, but that's the only one. Yes. You know. <laughs> I forgot it was a thing. I'm so used to having luck and then it running out and then all right. When your luck runs out. All right. That's so much better. That's a sixteen on the die, plus four plus two. Twenty-two. All right. You feel like a shotgun goes off in the palm of your hand and you fall on your ass and it hurts and your entire arm is numb and tingling. You feel like there's broken shards of crystal running through the bones of your arm. Harthax has a baseball-sized hole in their chest. They're like, why? (laughs) It just falls over dead. (laughs) (laughs) But with that, you see the creature lurch. It sinks for a moment and begins to descend back into the liquid before rising up, now drooling this black liquid. It seems weakened, confused, panicked. And that will bring us to Arvid. Okay. Arvid's going to Misty Step away to avoid attack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, his, he's going to go the full 30 feet back. Huck a rang. Ooh. Going to huck the rang? Yeah. Sounds good. You do get to throw it twice because it comes back. The first one is going to be well over 20. That does hit. 11. That does not hit. But you're like all giant, so it's just like throwing a banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like throwing, like, the propeller blade of a small airplane. (laughs) Twelve damage. All right, the massive blade smacks into the creature, and as it spirals around, you catch it and throw it again, this one going wide. Come after me, you overgrown tadpole. Nice. Uh, At the end of your turn, Morty's just going to jump up and try to bite the flipper that just smashed him like a pancake. You could also have called him a succulent nymph. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's an option. Okay, I'm (laughs) numbered. After all that that radiant damage, it might not be that succulent anymore. Mm. Well, the good news is Morty rolled as a very good boy on his attack and rolled max damage on his bite. Yeah! So this thing has long, fin-like tendrils that sort of hang off of its big flipper arms, and Morty jumps up and lets his weight just rip it off of its body, and he begins tearing his head back and forth. <laughs> Next up is Harithax. You have been spoken to by this dead entity. I'm going to give you advantage because you're literally being guided by the corpse you're talking to. I'll take it because I rolled a one on the first die. Oh, no. Well, I was going to say that before you rolled. Okay. Uh, That should be okay. That's 12. I'm still focusing on guidance, so I'm going to add guidance to this ability check. Hey, guidance did something. Uh, In combat. 14, and I'm going to use Chris's bardic inspiration because I want as high as I can on this roll. Uh, You can also, that roll has advantage. I already had advantage. So oh, the, the D6 no, no, has the advantage. D6 has advantage. Oh, the D6 has advantage? Mm-hmm. My D6 has advantage. Okay. It's a cool D6. I'll accept that. With special stuff. All right. It's 18 plus nothing, because I'm not trained in religion and my intelligence is Ted. So 18. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're not very uh, faithful or studied in the practices of religion, you have spoken to the dead and you have carried out rituals many times. And you think, based on the energy kind of washing into your mind from this strange dying divine entity you think that the ritual here would require some hair and the blood okay normal liquid for a mortal for a divine entity this is the juice you want chris give me your flask Uh, okay one moment (laughs) wait wait, one more moment oh my god (laughs) almost there (sighs) chris we only have six seconds for a time (laughs) Yeah, take it. All right. I take the flask and I'm going to let some of the blood run into it. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, I'm just going to use one of my claws to cut some of this thing's beard. Yeah. And then cast green flame blade on the flask to burn the hair as it goes into the flask. Ooh, interesting. Just roll me an arcana check. 
Oh, See how okay. well you actuate this ritual. Yeah. 23. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because you're using a flask instead of a standard weapon for green flame blade, and you're like throwing hair into a tiny hole. So yeah. you manage to execute it just fine. Perfect. And it just ashes pour in. And the volatile reaction in the palm of your hand is vibrating up to your elbow. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to run to the baby. All right. And that will be the end of your turn. Yeah, I think so. As you tread past the strange bleeding pool of corrupted liquid and you get close to this infant it looks up to you and blearily opens its eyes and holds out its infantile amorphous hands and it begins crying wailing a divine suffering that harms all who hear it down to your soul I can honestly say I was not anticipating watching these kids battle a giant adorable amphibian they just seem so cute and happy. Something in that god stew must have made it mean. A foe infused with the essence of a god is nothing to shake a stick at as far as opponents go. Yeah, unless that stick is a wand that shoots giant ice bombs or lightning lasers. You know, wizard stuff. Kill stuff. The behemoth seems to have the squad on their toes, and it looks like that breath weapon packs quite a punch. One thing's certain about watching the MDs, though. Oh, what's that, Storm? I like watching Arvid swing his axolotl. <laughs> Very clever, Storm. Where would we be without your glowing commentary? Hey, if you don't want me to make jokes, I can ask a lot of questions instead. <laughs> Storm. Hey, hey, Kip. Calm down. You don't need to kick my... Storm, don't do this. Axolotl. <laughs> We're going to commercial. I'm going to rethink all of my life choices up to this point. Stay tuned, folks. Better grab your snacks a <laughs> Uh Nope, too far. Rule of threes, Storm. Rule of threes. Hello, citizen. It's me, Stabbin' Steve, from Stabbin' Steve's Sword Arm Emporium. And I have some polarming news. That's right. We're having our Summer Crest Polarm Expo Show for the next 30 days. Come browse kill sticks in all styles of length, weight, and pointy end shape. Rave for our glaives. You'll like our pikes. You'll be partisan for these partisans. Military fork out your coins and trident these bardiches on for size. All items in brandy stock. You'll vulge to get here. Stabbin' Steve's Polearm Expo Show. It's a halberd a deal. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, Alien Cuties, sorry for the unusually short episode. There's a lot of miscellaneous stuff that had to get cut down and whatnot, but we certainly hope you're enjoying the finale to the Air and Honor chapter. This month has been some of the biggest jumps in Patreon subscribers I've seen, and I cannot thank you enough for the support. I want to thank our two new legendary subscribers, Craig McDonald, who will be filling an open slot in the Oathsworn, and Michael Staines, who will be the first member of our brand new team, The Cursed Spawn. 
I especially want to thank this week's featured team, The Iron Rhapsody, with Eshwin, Krista Perez, Christopher Mashburn, and John Reinhardt. For those of you who missed the Level Up TV announcement, I'll be running a limited engagement Legend of the Five Rings game every Thursday, beginning December 3rd. You can find that at twitch.tv forward slash levelup underscore TTV at 6.30pm PST this Thursday. Or you can subscribe to our channel at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams, and we're going to host it there. You can also find Law and I playing games and chatting with fans pretty much most days of the week. Just a reminder that we are holding an LUQ content contest. First prize will win $60 in LUQ merch with 40 and 20 to second and third place respectively. If you want to enter, please post to our Twitch at LUQcast or Facebook.com slash Slapdash Studios. And be sure to send all official submissions to admin at Slapdashstudios.com with files and explanation of content attached. The content must be obviously LUQ themed and complete. Other than that, the sky's the limit. The deadline for submissions is the 25th of December and we'll be announcing winners in the new year. In honor of the holiday season, be sure to check out our merch on the LUQ.com and use Spirit Rest for free shipping through December. If you want to advertise with our show or have a special message you want to get on here, please shoot an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. And if you want to show your support, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash slapdashstudios. Thank you all again. Let's get you back to the action. Good evening. I'm Winston Faye Bandeferth III. Welcome to Mackinac News 5, your top source for up-to-date coverage of the Five Kingdoms. Renowned businesswoman and metal tycoon Lady Landra Ilian of Ilian Ironworks reports the loss of three tons of finished iron goods en route from Dornheim to Anmar, when a mating pair of hungry rust monsters found their way aboard the ship and indulged themselves in what is considered to be the finest arms and armor in the Five Kingdoms. As the Faravors finished their forged feast and fecund follow-up, the captain who discovered the aftermath, while, quote, attempting to field test some of the finer breastplates, was dumbfounded by the sight, stating, Egg sacks, egg sacks everywhere. Did you know you can make egg sacks out of metal? I do now. Egg sacks. Lady Ilian was quick to follow up the incident with a second shipment and a public letter of apology, once again proving her metal. Father Barthus, high priest of the Order of Hairden in southern Leone, came into a great deal of wealth following the passing of his uncle, Lord Fendley Lanesworth. A portion of the inheritance went to reinforcing the Order's stronghold and hiring new non-clerical staff. However, the High Priest put the bulk of his considerable windfall to use on the Order's medical wards, with cutting-edge healing devices and equipment, a practically inexhaustible supply of spell reagents and alchemical components, and nearly doubling their already considerable and heavily guarded library with medical and restorative texts. Barthas quickly exhausted local suppliers, and indeed cleaned out establishments all across Machina before turning to Dragonflame-keeping Camaris for further resupply, writing what could only be described as a series of medicine checks. I have just received word that we are in fact the architects of our own destruction, ignoring the truth in our hunger for lies. We are urged to fear not that which is to come, but that which is already upon us. We are further instructed to turn to the sky, open our eyes, and accept our cruel fate. There you have it. In other news, cold winds on the rise. Be sure to wear a jacket in the coming weeks. battle between the mortal dawn and the giant corrupted axolotl rages on. He has been weakened through a dispel, thrashing violently at everything near him. Harathax has found a ritual, the sacrament, to bless the child. That brings us to Artyom Volkov. Beautiful. I'm going to run back the way I came. As I'm running... I'm going to have my chakram give this thing the business. Mm. That is an 11 plus 8. 
That hits. Beautiful. 11. All right. 11 damage. And and then as soon as I come around in clear view of Hardifax, I'm going to yell to them, Hardifax, don't move, as I level my crossbow at them. The clear liquid vial begins to glow. A hard, loud snap injects the liquid directly into the bolt. It becomes a glowing beam of light, and he fires directly at your chest. Don't bother rolling. Harithax has seen this before. A vision as they rested of Artyom pulling the crossbow and firing it directly into Harithax's chest. And at the time, they didn't know what was going to happen, but now they do. And I give my natural 20 Harispecs to Artyom's shot. Mm. The beauty of this particular shot is that that fluid turns this into a healing shot. Yeah. So that'll heal you for 22 points. Hey, that's exactly what the tail attack did last time. Hey, nice. <laughs> that sure is. All right. At the end of Artyom's turn, the beast is going to use a legendary action to attack Morty. And it's going to slam him with its flipper and knock him towards the two of you. I'm going to warding flare that motherfucker. Okay. He will have disadvantage on his roll. He's probably going to hit anyway. I you think leave he gets my a plus dog alone. Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. The lowest of the two is a 26. Lowest. Oh, no. He's more doing a reposition on Morty with his legendary action than he is a hit. So Morty gets pushed 15 feet. The chakram flies before his eyes, flashes weakly, and doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> Morty's body does impact with one of the stone pillars here in this cavern. And his body lands just a few feet from Artyom. That brings it to the axolotl's turn, and it's going to use its full action to use another breath weapon. Right in line. So I need Morty, Artyom, and Arvid in big form to roll me a constitution saving throw, please. I'm going to use my LUQ inspiration because that was a six. Yeah. That is an 18 plus three plus one. So that is a 22. Very good. I used mine too, and I got double fours. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, again with the doubles. I think you need to buy a lotto ticket. Like, all these doubles. Morty rolls real bad. You would so be in jail in Monopoly. Morty and I are both going to die. I'm just pouting about it right now. Morty and Arvid both fail the save against the breath weapon. The good news is, thanks to Christ's disenchantment, the power of the attack is much weaker. Yes. Beautiful. That's good, because I don't know if Morty's got 42 damage worth of, of oomph. You both take 33 points of damage. He rolled real fucking good. <laughs> and Artyom, you take 16. Thank you. Uh, I am four below zero. So you are unconscious. What kind of damage is it? Necrotic. Oh, that's right. Morty has 12 hit points left. He's a good boy. He's an all right boy. <laughs> But, Arvid, you do fall unconscious. On top of that, the uh, enlarge dissipates, and you shrink back down to your normal size. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to take its damage from the Dawn spell that it's still standing right in. Roll that good, beautiful con footage. Natural 20. Natural 20. (laughs) That's a 32. That beats the whole party's DCs mixed together. I think that beats it. 32. Juicy. So 60. (laughs) That brings it to Chris's turn. Having full faith in Harthax, Christ is going to start climbing the throne and look at this dying god dead in the eyes. He's going to take all of his might and his sorcerer's magic and pull Speak with the Dead from Harthax. 
Interesting. So you're going to take control of the spell. I want to try. I'm going to steal it from <laughs> Harithax. Oh, yeah. So go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. Jeez. You have plenty of spells of your own. I only get two. <laughs> Ooh, 16 on the die plus 10, 26. All right. You can feel this cord connecting Harithax's mind to this body. And you simply reach out with your claw and snip it and seize it in your own hand. And now you feel this connection with this dying entity. God of treasures, God of truths, God of the dwarves. You're good with gems. Tell me, what is this? What is this thing in my chest? A shard from another world. A beacon of negation. And a sheath for the weapon that you are. All you mortals and you gods are the same. A weapon against what? Machinar. Holy shit. <laughs> Pretty heavy there. That brings us to Arvid's turn. Oh, uh, I will try not to die. That's a five. You have failed your first death save. Yeah. Morty, seeing that Arvid has gone down, goes into a frenzy and just jumps into the water and starts biting and pawing at this thing with all of his ferocity. Doggo dia, doggo dia, doggo dia, doggo. Literally about to fill himself with essence. Yeah. Uh, that'll hit. Another fucking great damage roll for Morty. Yeah. He sucked a bit, but then he just pulled ahead. And for a moment, you see the muscles in Morty's back expand. The war paint on his body begin to glow. His limbs contort and his mass increases. He has three heads, a thousand fangs, glowing red eyes, and he begins to rip this thing apart from the inside. Because he's a deity too. Oh, shit. That, That's that, amazing. That's so cool. He got the god juice. <laughs> Puppy got the god juice on oh him. Oh my God, Morty is Cerberus. <laughs> That's so cool. Jesus. That brings us to Harithax. So in contrast to the explosion of water and heads and fangs that, that Cerberus Morty is causing over on the other side of this pool, Harithax will, as, a, as they approach the baby, just calmly, shh, it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to hurt you this time. And I will uh, pour the potion that I've made uh, into this baby's mouth. Its translucent hands reach out and grab the bottle eagerly, and it begins sucking. And as the liquid pours down the infant's throat, the eyes open in confusion. The crying stops. It moans and whimpers as it swallows the strange concoction. And the translucence of its body starts to become more opaque. It seems to exist more. Tiny fingers and toes form on the end of its appendages. Pupils form on its eyes, and a nose and lips appear on its head. It lets out a soft, bassy giggle and claps its tiny hands before gently fading away into the ancient stone mountain. As it vanishes, so too does the glow from the pool. An old life ends. A new one joins the world. A great cycle commences. A god is born. You see the creature, dying, shrink back down into the liquid, reducing in size as though it's deflating. The chamber is now pitch black. You, you, you're lying. You're lying. No, you can't. You can't go. You can't go. How do I stay sheathed? No. All essence from this great being is gone, and the body crumbles into gravel that slides down into the now clear and pure pool. 
All that remains where it was is a mighty stone and leather belt that begins to shrink down to a normal size. I always stay sheathed. Artyom walks slowly up to him, puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Just do your best. I try. As that's happening, Harthax is just standing where the baby had been, kind of slowly picks up the vial off of the ground, and and you see a tear run down the side of their face, and as it drips onto the ground, it smokes and sizzles with acid. You see Morty paw his way out of the liquid, shaking off the water. The glowing of the runes begins to fade, and he begins to reduce back down to his normal size. And he runs over to Arvid's body and begins licking his face. And then he whines and moves over towards the party and whimpers and looks back towards Arvid. I casually look over and take a shot at Arvid. (laughs) God, I wish I still had my 20 to use. (laughs) Wait wait to shoot a guy when he's down. (laughs) You don't have to roll. Okay. So like a bolt of adrenaline getting shot into you, shoot up from the pain of what at first feels like a crossbow hitting you, but then you realize it has awoken you. It has returned life to you. And you sit up to a big, fat, wet tongue slapping you cheeky-wise. Oh, what did I miss? You good big boy. Uh-huh. Are you talking to the furball or the dog? Both? That's fair. We might want to make sure that uh, Morty is not going to explode. Wh- why would Morty explode? Uh, he drank big and started to fight hard because of your going down. Uh, good boy. Yes, it was very heroic, very honorable, very stupid. Morty, come here. <laughs> he moves over to you. I, I do a quick medical examination. Mm-hmm. Not great. Uh, 15? Yeah, dogs aren't your expertise. <laughs> the glowing runes that he had momentarily seem to still be warm but faded. And uh, he seems perfectly happy and normal. He seems like a good boy. I mean, his uh, dog sacks aren't uh, inflamed. I don't know dogs. Dog sacks? <laughs> no, no, they have them. They have scent glands. They're in their butt. Duh. They get inflamed sometimes, and you have to express them. It's not the Look, pleasant process. I know, I know I'm not a city boy, but you guys don't have to make fun of me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know about butt glands. <laughs> Trust me. So the mortal dawn makes their way out of the quarry and back onto the island surface. And it seems like the vegetation remains present, but not as wildly colossal. The birds flying overhead seem normal-sized. The flowers and fruit trees are now a more normal size. A few kobolds are seen collecting some of the bodies behind, but the moment they see you, they cower in fear and scamper away. They seem much weaker and more cowardly than they were before. With the firing of the flare, you return to Remtex to tell the tale of the god passing and the new god's birth. And you are met with praise. Joy in life seems to have returned to the forlorn inhabitants. They welcome you at their long tables, where golden hams, dark bread, and even darker beers are in no shortage. This is how a community of workers celebrates together. Food, drink, dancing, welcoming outsiders into their fold. You are fed and drank to your filling point. You are swept into dancing rows that cheer and share in a simple line dance with chanting chorus. Even Broadbarrow shows you the versatility of his piston leg bouncing along to the music and spinning like a top. You breathe deep the open air of the mountain and see the gem stars shining in the mines of twilight. The dwarves are in touch with the earth. It's as if they all know by heart that a new cycle has begun. They can hear the song of the mountain. They understand it has changed. 
and they know a new verse has begun. As they sing it as one, into the night, to welcome the changes life shows us. God's damn nothing beats a good dwarven hoedown. Despite how close their knees are to their chins, those Remitexans do love their line dancing. And with this celebration comes another success for the Mortal Dawn, who not only found the source of the strange terraforming terror, but also helped bring a little tradition and ritual into what I can only describe as the rebirth of a decaying god. Yep, top shelf stuff. Slap that god baby on the backside and send him off to work. Hey, careful with that. That stuff ain't cheap. Yeah, just put it over there by the smoke machine. Storm, I've been meaning to ask, what is all this stuff? Llamas? A smoke machine? There's a clown with a pet eagle over there. Is that an entire case of white wine? Gip, gip, gip. It's almost time for the big announcement. Sure, I could just wave at the Reggie and smile, say thanks and be on my way. But there's a reason people want me as their first ever Hall of Legends initiate. Because I'm impressive. I put on a show for the folks at home. When I say hells yeah, fireworks go off. Hey, make sure those fireworks go off when I say hells yeah. Well, as long as there isn't any confetti. After you announced you won that ice skating contest, I was picking sparkly shavings out of my hair for a week. Sure, of course. No confetti. <laughs> cancel confetti getting. I repeat, cancel confetti getting. The goose does not nest in tinsel. Repeat, the goose does not nest in tinsel. What? No, no confetti bombs. Well, I'm glad you're excited, pal, because as you called it, today is the day. And I've got the envelope right here. We're about to announce who won the popular vote for the first ever Hall of Legends initiate. Stay cool, Thundertongue. Check the hair. Very slick. Check the breath. Wait, nobody can smell that. Thank that gods. Fly is... Up. And we're cool. Real cool. So cool. Hang on to your seats, folks. The polls have been tallied. The people have spoken. The first ever LUQ hero to be entered into the Hall of Legends is... Sir Miles Avendar. Oh, hells yeah! I knew you folks loved me. Now let me just say on the record, you will not be sorry you chose to immortalize me and... Where the hell's my eagle clown? Where's the music? What are y'all waiting for? You, you, uh... You, uh, you said, uh, Stormclad Thundertongue, right? I'm... I'm sorry, pal. It's a popular vote. I'm sure you'll make it next year, right? <clears throat> sorry, I got a little excited there, folks. Just, uh, happy to hear that my buddy, Miles, gets to go down in history as the first ever Legend Hall guy. It was a really close race, Storm. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's no big deal. I guess I kind of feel silly for spending all that dosh on an after party. Hey, uh, Maurice, can you help me track down, like, a few hundred receipts? Well, on behalf of the Nexus Enterprise and league teams all over the Five Kingdoms, congratulations to Sir Miles Avendar, team captain of the Ivory Lions and first initiate into the LUQ Hall of Legends. We're all very proud of you and delighted to have you represent the league for generations to come. You, uh, you said it, Gipper. Well, that's enough excitement for one day. Join us next time as we get a fresh scoop of new quests for teams in waiting to sink our teeth into. Tune in for more edge-of-your-seat action and intrigue. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. So let's uh, start around the table. Let's roll a few dice and let's say hi. And... <gasps> Sam, how are you doing? 
I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I nearly died there, uh, but I didn't. Yeah. Good old Arvid Ulfmund, uh, Drew Barbo, still going strongo. <laughs> uh, I'm Harithax. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a rhyme to do like Sam's. So <laughs> mine just... was just adding O to the end of every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not rhyming. That's, That's not what that is. All right. All right. Right. Also, his name is Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I'm I'm Michael. I play Harithax. Uh, who got to do a ritual and save a baby god? Hell yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. not something I, everybody can say it's about a deep, yeah. deep cut to your background. Their D and D game, very that's good. Amazing, man. Hi, I'm Alante. I play the weapon. Mm. I'm Zach Marcus. I play Odd Timble Club, the cleric of sunlight and suffering, in the fucking DPS champ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. damn. Uh, I'm also the technical director for Slapdab Studios. I I would also like to thank Wes Scott Go for editing this episode. Wow, 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 West. West. Uh, <laughs> so you're joining him now. <laughs> so we're, we're encouraging this? <laughs> Soon it will be the five of us. It's one voice. <laughs> My name is Law. I am the dungeon master, the field sky, and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. All right. So as you guys know, episodes go up every Monday. Monday. Every fucking Monday. Monday. Every fucking Monday. And bonus content on Fridays. So do we also do it every fucking Friday? No. No? Just all the time. Fine. Because I'm sure we miss Fridays. (laughs) I do, and it's my fault. (laughs) Well, I just want to take a moment and thank every one of you guys listening. You guys are amazing. And gals. And gals. And anything and everything in between. Thank you. Make sure you share this with your friends. We've got to get the word out there. Our amazing stories, our amazing cast. Thank you for helping us grow. You can do that by going to the website, supporting the Patreon, and sharing the links, checking out our Instagram, our Twitter. And if you want to find all that, check the website. There's also cool merch. Law has done some cool merch. Oh, yeah, there's some new merch. merch. There's yeah. a new Gator Dungeon shirt, and there's going to be a Mortal Dawn shirt. Soon. Hell yeah. Why aren't we mentioning that? I forgot completely. I mean, I'll I just in, did. I'll put it in the mid-rolls. <laughs> there's Slapdash Fanny Packs. It's one what? of the reasons. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that. Pack. I thought mm. the first time I saw that photo, I'm, I thought it was a thong. I thought it was like, <laughs> it was like a banana hammock. Perfect. Would I? Next. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> but keep your eyes out for jungle jorts. Jungle jorts. <laughs> The new it thing, new it thing this coming season mm. for all your quarantine wear. Too much? No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. He like grabs the clicker and like holds it up like he's gonna click, and we all look over like expectantly, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So until next time, we wish you luck. Yeah.